chapter thirty one of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty one his only plot was this that much provoked he raised his vengeful arm against his country thompson alice dunscombe remained on the sands watching the dark spot that was soon hid amid the waves and the obscurity of night and listening with melancholy interest to the regulated sounds of the oars which were audible long after the boat had been blended with the gloomy outline of the eastern horizon when all traces of her departed friends were to be found only in her own recollection she slowly turned from the sea and hastening to quit the bustling throng that were preparing for the embarkation of the rest of the party she ascended the path that conducted her once more to the summit of those cliffs along which she had so often roved gazing at the boundless element that washed their base with sensations that might have been peculiar to her own situation the soldiers of borough cliff who were stationed at the head of the pass respectfully made way nor did any of the sentinels of manual heed her retiring figure until she approached the rear-guard of the marines who were commanded by their vigilant captain in person who goes there cried manuel advancing without the dusky group of soldiers as she approached them one who possesses neither the power nor the inclination to do ye harm answered the solitary female tis alice dunscombe returning by permission of your leader to the place of her birth ay muttered manuel this is one of griffith's unmilitary exhibitions of his politeness does the man think that there was ever a woman who had no tongue have you the countersign madam that i may know you bear a sufficient warrant to pass i have no other warrant besides my sex and weakness unless mr griffith's knowledge that i have left him can be so considered the two former are enough said a voice that proceeded from a figure which had hitherto stood unseen shaded by the trunk of an oak that spread its wide but naked arms above the spot where the guard was paraded who have we here manuel again cried come in yield or you will be fired at what will the gallant captain manuel fire on his own rescuer said the pilot with cool disdain as he advanced from the shadow of the tree he had better reserve his bullets for his enemies than waste them on his friends you have done a dangerous deed sir in approaching clandestinely a guard of marines i wonder that a man who has already discovered to-night that he has some knowledge of tactics by so ably conducting a surprise should betray so much ignorance in the forms of approaching a picket tis now of no moment returned the pilot my knowledge and my ignorance are alike immaterial as the command of the party is surrendered to other and perhaps more proper hands but i would talk to this lady alone sir she is an acquaintance of my youth and i will see her on her way to the abbey the step would be unmilitary mr pilot and you will excuse me if i do not consent to any of our expedition straggling without the sentries if you choose to remain here to hold your discourse i will march the picket out of hearing though i must acknowledge i see no ground so favourable as this we are on to keep you within range of our eyes you perceive that i have a ravine to retreat into in case of surprise with this line of wall on my left flank and the trunk of that tree to cover my right a very pretty stand might be made here on emergency for even the oldest troops fight the best when their flanks are properly covered and a way to make a regular retreat is open in their rear say no more sir i would not break up such a position on any account returned the pilot the lady will consent to retrace her path for a short distance alice followed his steps in compliance with this request until he had led her to a place 
at some little distance from the marines where a tree had been prostrated by the late gale she seated herself quietly on its trunk and appeared to wait with patience his own time for the explanation of his motives in seeking the interview the pilot paced for several minutes back and forth in front of the place where she was seated in profound silence as if communing with himself when suddenly throwing off his air of absence he came to her side and assumed a position similar to the one which she herself had taken the hour is at hand alice when we must part he at length commenced it rests with yourself whether it shall be for ever let it then be for ever john she returned with a slight tremor in her voice that word would have been less appalling had this accidental meeting never occurred and yet your choice may have been determined by prudence for what is there in my fate that can tempt a woman to wish that she might share it if you mean your lot is that of one who can find but few or even none to partake of his joys or to share in his sorrows whose life is a continual scene of dangers and calamities of disappointments and mishaps then do ye know but little of the heart of woman if ye doubt of either her ability or her willingness to meet them with the man of her choice say you thus alice then have i misunderstood your meaning or misinterpreted your acts my lot is not altogether that of a neglected man unless the favour of princes and the smiles of queens are allowed to go for nothing my life is however one of many and fearful dangers and yet it is not filled altogether with calamities and mishaps is it alice he paused a moment but in vain for her answer nay then i have been deceived in the estimation that the world has affixed to my combats and enterprises i am not alice the man i would be or even the man i had deemed myself you have gained a name john among the warriors of the age she answered in a subdued voice and it is a name that may be said to be written in blood the blood of my enemies alice the blood of the subjects of your natural prince the blood of those who breathe the air you first breathed and who were taught the same holy lessons of instruction that you were first taught but which i fear you have too soon forgotten the blood of the slaves of despotism he sternly interrupted her the blood of the enemies of freedom you have dwelt so long in this dull retirement and you have cherished so blindly the prejudices of your youth that the promise of those noble sentiments i once thought i could see budding in alice dunscombe has not been fulfilled i have lived and thought only as a woman as become my sex and station alice meekly replied and when it shall be necessary for me to live and think otherwise i should wish to die i there lie the first seeds of slavery a dependent woman is sure to make the mother of craven and abject wretches who dishonour the name of man i shall never be the mother of children good or bad said alice with that resignation in her tones that showed she had abandoned the natural hopes of her sex singly and unsupported have i lived alone and unlamented must i be carried to my grave the exquisite pathos of her voice as she uttered this placid speech blended as it was with the sweet and calm dignity of virgin pride touched the heart of her listener and he continued silent many moments as if in reverence of her determination her sentiments awakened in his own breast those feelings of generosity and disinterestedness which had nearly been smothered in restless ambition and the pride of success he resumed the discourse therefore more mildly and with a much greater exhibition of deep feeling and less of passion in his manner i know not alice that i ought situated as i am and contented if not happy as you are even to attempt to revive in your bosom those sentiments which i was once led to think existed there it cannot after all be a desirable fate to share the lot of a rover like myself one who may be termed a 
quixote in the behalf of liberal principles and who may be hourly called to seal the truth of those principles with his life there never existed any sentiment in my breast in which you are concerned that does not exist there still and unchanged returned alice with her single-hearted sincerity do i hear you right or have i misconceived your resolution to abide in england or have i not rather mistaken your early feelings you have fallen into no error now or nor then the weakness may still exist john but the strength to struggle with it has by the goodness of god grown with my years it is not however of myself but of you that i would speak i have lived like one of our simple daisies which in the budding may have caught your eye and i shall also wilt like the humble flower when the winter of my time arrives without being missed from the fields that have known me for a season but your fall john will be like that of the oak that now supports us and men shall pronounce on the beauty and grandeur of the noble stem while standing as well as of its usefulness when felled let them pronounce as they will returned the proud stranger the truth must be finally known and when that hour shall come they will say he was a faithful and gallant warrior in his day and a worthy lesson for all who are born in slavery but would live in freedom shall be found in his example such may be the language of that distant people whom ye have adopted in the place of those that once formed home and kin to you said alice glancing her eye timidly at his countenance as if to discern how far she might venture without awakening his resentment but what will the men of the land of your birth transmit to their children who will be the children of those that are of your own blood they will say alice whatever their crooked policy may suggest or their disappointed vanity can urge but the picture must be drawn by the friends of the hero as well as by his enemies think you that there are not pens as well as swords in america i have heard that america called a land john where god has lavished his favours with an unsparing hand where he has bestowed many crimes with their several fruits and where his power is exhibited no less than his mercy it is said her rivers are without any known end and that lakes are found in her bosom which would put our german ocean to shame the plains teeming with verdure are spread over wide degrees and yet those sweet valleys which a single heart can hold are not wanting in short john i hear it is a broad land that can furnish food for each passion and contain objects for every affection ay you have found those alice in your solitude who have been willing to do her justice it is a country that can form a world of itself and why should they who inherit it look to other nations for their laws i pretend not to reason on the right of the children of that soil to do whatever they may deem most meet for their own welfare returned alice but can men be born in such a land and not know the feelings which bind a human being to the place of his birth can you doubt that they should be patriotic exclaimed the pilot in surprise do not their efforts in this sacred cause their patient sufferings their long privations speak loudly in their behalf and will they who know so well how to love home sing the praises of him who has turned his ruthless hand against the land of his fathers forever harping on that word home said the pilot who now detected the timid approaches of alice to a hidden meaning is a man a stick or a stone that he must be cast into the fire or buried in a wall wherever his fate may have doomed him to appear on the earth the sound of home is said to feed the vanity of an englishman let him go where he will but it would seem to have a still more powerful charm with english women it is the dearest of all terms to every woman john for it embraces the dearest of all ties if your dames of america are ignorant of its charm all the favours which god has lavished on their land will avail their happiness but little 
alice said the pilot rising in his agitation i see but too well the object of your allusions but on this subject we can never agree for not even your powerful influence can draw me from the path of glory in which i am now treading but our time is growing brief let us then talk of other things this may be the last time i shall ever put foot on the island of britain alice paused to struggle with the feelings excited by this remark before she pursued the discourse but soon shaking off the weakness she added with a rigid adherence to that course which she believed to be her duty and now john that you have landed is the breaking up of a peaceful family and the violence she have shown towards an aged man a fit exploit for one whose object is the glory of which ye have spoken think you that i have landed and placed my life in the hands of my enemies for so unworthy an object no alice my motive for this undertaking has been disappointed and therefore will ever remain a secret from the world but duty to my cause has prompted the step which you so unthinkingly condemn this colonel howard has some consideration with those in power and will answer to exchange for a better man as for his wards you forget their home their magical home is in america unless indeed they find them nearer at hand under the proud flag of a frigate that is now waiting for them in the offing you talk of a frigate said alice with sudden interest in the subject is she your only means of escaping from your enemies alice dunscombe has taken but little heed of passing events to ask such a question of me returned the haughty pilot the question would have sounded more discreetly had it been is she the only vessel with you that your enemies will have to escape from nay i cannot measure my language at such a moment continued alice with a still stronger exhibition of anxiety it was my fortune to overhear a part of a plan that was intended to destroy by sudden means those vessels of america that were in our seas that might be a plan more suddenly adopted than easily executed my good alice and who were these redoubtable schemers i know not but my duty to the king should cause me to suppress this information said alice hesitating well be it so returned the pilot coolly it may prove the means of saving the persons of some of the royal officers from death or captivity i have already said this may be the last of my visits to this island and consequently alice the last of our interviews and yet said alice still pursuing the train of her own thoughts there can be but little harm in sparing human blood at least of all in serving those whom we have long known and regarded ay that is a simple doctrine and one that is easily maintained he added with much apparent indifference and yet king george might well spare some of his servants the list of his abject minions is so long there was a man named dillon who lately dwelt in the abbey but who has mysteriously disappeared continued alice or rather who was captured by your companions know you aught of him john i have heard there was a miscreant of that name but we have never met alice if it please heaven that this should be the last he was a captive in the schooner called the ariel she added still unheeding his affected indifference to her communication and when permitted to return to st ruth he lost sight of his solemn promise and of his plighted honour to wreak his malice instead of effecting the exchange that he had conditioned to see made he plotted treason against his captors yet it was most foul treason for his treatment was generous and kind and his liberation certain he was the most unworthy scoundrel but alice nay listen john she continued urged to even a keener interest in his behalf by his apparent inattention and yet i should speak tenderly of his failings for he is already numbered with the dead one part of his scheme must have been frustrated for he intended to destroy that schooner which you call the ariel and to have taken the person of the young barnstable in both of which he has failed the person of barnstable i have rescued and the ariel has been stricken by a hand far mightier than any of this world she has wrecked 
then is the frigate your only means of escape hasten john and seem not so proud and heedless for the hour may come when all your daring will not profit ye against the machinations of secret enemies this dylan had also planned that expresses should journey to a seaport at the south with the intelligence that your vessels were in these seas in order that the ships might be dispatched to intercept your retreat the pilot lost his affected indifference as she proceeded and before she ceased speaking his eye was endeavouring to anticipate her words by reading her countenance through the dusky medium of the starlight how know you this alice he asked quickly and what vessel did he name chance made me an unseen listener to their plan and i know not but i forget my duty to my prince but john tis asking too much of a weak woman to require that she shall see the man whom she once viewed with eyes of favour sacrificed when a word of caution given in season might enable him to avoid the danger once viewed with an eye of favour is it then so said the pilot speaking in a vacant manner but alice heard ye the force of the ships or their names give me their names and the first lord of your british admiralty shall not give so true an account of their force as i will furnish from this list of my own their names were certainly mentioned said alice with tender melancholy but the name of one far nearer to me was ringing in my ears and has driven them from my mind you are the same good alice i once knew and my name was mentioned what said they of the pilot had his arm stricken a blow that made them tremble in their abbey did they call him coward girl it was mentioned in terms that pained my heart as i listened for it is never too easy a task to forget the lapse of years nor are the feelings of youth to be easily eradicated ay there is luxury in knowing that with all their affected abuse the slaves dread me in their secret holes exclaimed the pilot pacing in front of his listener with quick steps this it is to be marked among men above all others in your calling i hope yet to see the day when the third george shall start at the sound of that name even within the walls of his palace alice dunscombe heard him in deep and mortified silence it was too evident that a link in the chain of their sympathies was broken and that the weakness in which she had been unconsciously indulging was met by no correspondent emotions in him after sinking her head for a moment on her bosom she arose with a little more than her usual air of meekness and recalled the pilot to a sense of her presence by saying in a yet milder voice i have now communicated all that it can profit you to know and it is meet that we separate what thus soon he cried starting and taking her hand this is but a short interview alice to precede so long a separation be it short or be it long it must now end she replied your companions are on the eve of departure and i trust you would be one of the last who would wish to be deserted if you do visit england again i hope it may be with altered sentiments so far as regards her interests i wish you peace john and the blessings of god as ye may be found to deserve them i ask no farther unless it may be the aid of your gentle prayers but the night is gloomy and i will see you in safety to the abbey it is unnecessary she returned with womanly reserve the innocent can be as fearless on occasion as the most valiant among your warriors but here is no cause for fear i shall take a path that will conduct me in a different way from that which is occupied by your soldiers and where i shall find none but him who is ever ready to protect the helpless once more john i bid ye adieu her voice faltered as she continued ye will share the lot of humanity and have your hours of care and weakness at such moments ye can remember those ye leave on this despised island and perhaps among them ye may think of some whose interest in your welfare has been far removed from selfishness god be with you alice he said touched with her emotion and losing all vain images and more worthy feelings but i cannot permit you to go alone here we part john she said firmly and forever tis for the happiness of both 
for i fear we have but little in common she gently wrested her hand from his grasp and once more bidding adieu in a voice that was nearly inaudible she turned and slowly disappeared moving with lingering steps in the direction of the abbey the first impulse of the pilot was certainly to follow and insist on seeing her on the way but the music of the guard on the cliffs at that moment sent forth its martial strains and the whistle of the boatswain was heard winding its shrill call among the rocks in those notes that his practised ear well understood to be the last signal for embarking obedient to the summons this singular man in whose breast the natural feelings that were now on the eve of a violent eruption had so long been smothered by the visionary expectations of a wild ambition and perhaps of fierce resentments pursued his course in deep abstraction towards the boats he was soon met by the soldiers of Burrowcliff, deprived of their arms it is true but unguarded and returning peacefully to their quarters the mind of the pilot happily for the liberty of these men was too much absorbed in his peculiar reflections to note this act of griffith's generosity nor did he arouse from his musing until his steps were arrested by suddenly encountering a human figure in the pathway a light tap on his shoulder was the first mark of recognition he received when Burrowcliff, who stood before him said it is evident sir from what has passed this evening that you are not what you seem you may be some rebel admiral or general for aught that i know the right to command having been strangely contested among ye this night but let who will own the chief authority i take the liberty of whispering in your ear that i have been scurvily treated by you i repeat most scurvily treated by you all generally and by you in particular the pilot started at this strange address which was uttered with all the bitterness that could be imparted to it by a disappointed man but he motioned with his hand for the captain to depart and turned aside to pursue his own way perhaps i am not properly understood continued the obstinate soldier i say sir you have treated me scurvily and i would not be thought to say this to any gentleman without wishing to give him an opportunity to vent his anger the eye of the pilot as he moved forward glanced at the pistols which Burrowcliff held in his hands the one by the handle and the other by its barrel and the soldier even fancied that his footsteps were quickened by the sight after gazing at him until his form was lost in the darkness the captain muttered to himself he is no more than a common pilot after all no true gentleman would have received so palpable a hint with such a start ah here comes the party of my worthy friend whose palate knows a grape of the north side of madeira from one of the south the dog has the throat of a gentleman we will see how he can swallow a delicate allusion to his faults burrowcliff stepped aside to allow the marines who were also in motion for the boats to pass and watched with keen looks for the person of the commander manuel who had been previously apprised of the intention of griffith to release the prisoners had halted to see that none but those who had been liberated by authority were marching into the country this accidental circumstance gave burrowcliff an opportunity of meeting the other at some little distance from either of their respective parties i greet you sir said burrowcliff with all affection this has been a pleasant voyage for you captain manuel the marine was far from being disposed to wrangle but there was that in the voice of the other which caused him to answer it would have been far pleasanter sir if i had met an opportunity of returning to captain burrowcliff some of the favours that i have received at his hands nay then dear sir you weigh my modesty to the earth surely you forget the manner in which my hospitality has already been requited by some two hours mouthing of my sword-hilt with a very unceremonious ricochet into a corner together with a love-tap received over the shoulders of one of my men by so gentle an instrument as the butt of a musket damn me sir but i think an ungrateful man only a better sort of beast 
had the love-tap been given to the officer instead of the man returned manuel with all commendable coolness it would have been better justice and the ramrod might have answered as well as the butt before a gentleman who carried the allowance of four thirsty fiddlers under one man's jacket now that is rank ingratitude to your own cordial of the south side and a most biting insult i really see but one way of terminating this wordy war which if not discreetly ended may lead us far into the morning elect your own manner of determining the dispute sir i hope however it will not be by your innate knowledge of mankind which has already mistaken a captain of marines in the service of congress for a runaway lover bound to some green place or other you might just as well tweak my nose sir said borrowcliffe indeed i think it would be the milder reproach of the two will you make your selection of these sir they were loaded for a very different sort of service but i doubt not will answer on occasion i am provided with a pair that are charged for any service returned manuel drawing a pistol from his own belt and stepping backward a few paces you are destined for america i know said borrowcliffe who stood his ground with consummate coolness but it would be more convenient for me sir if you could delay your march for a single moment fire and defend yourself exclaimed manuel furiously retracing his steps towards his enemy the sounds of the two pistols were blended in one report and the soldiers of burrowcliffe and the marines all rushed to the place on the sudden alarm had the former been provided with arms it is probable that a bloody fray would have been the consequence of the sight that both parties beheld on arriving at the spot which they did simultaneously manuel lay on his back without any signs of life and burrowcliffe had changed his cool haughty upright attitude for a recumbent posture which was somewhat between lying and sitting is the poor fellow actually expended said the englishman in something like the tones of regret well he had a soldier's medal in him and was nearly as great a fool as myself the marines had luckily for the soldiers and their captain by this time discovered the signs of life in their own commander who had been only slightly stunned by the bullet which had grazed his crown and who being assisted on his feet stood a minute or two rubbing his head as if awaking from a dream as manuel came gradually to his senses he recollected the business in which he had just been engaged and in his turn inquired after the fate of his antagonist i am here my worthy incognito cried the other with the voice of perfect good-nature lying in the lap of mother earth and all the better for opening a vein or two in my right leg though i do think that the same effect might have been produced without treating the bone so roughly but i opine that i saw you also reclining on the bosom of our common ancestor i was down for a few minutes i do believe returned manuel there is the path of a bullet across my scalp humph on the head said burrowcliffe dryly the hurt is not likely to be mortal i see well i shall offer to raffle with the first poor devil i can find that has but one good leg for who shall have both and that will just set up a beggar and a gentleman manuel give me your hand we have drunk together and we have fought surely there is nothing now to prevent our being sworn friends why return manuel continuing to rub his head i see no irremovable objection but you will want a surgeon can i order anything to be done there go the signals again to embark march the fellows down at quick time sergeant my own man may remain with me or i can do altogether without assistance ah you are what i call a well-made man my dear friend exclaimed burrowcliffe no weak points about your fortress such a man is worthy to be the head of a whole corps instead of a solitary company gently drill gently handle me as if i were made of potter's clay i will not detain you longer my friend manuel for i hear signal after signal 
they must be in want of some of your astonishing reasoning faculties to set them afloat manuel might have been offended at the palpable allusions that his new friend made to the firmness of his occiput had not his perception of things been a little confused by a humming sound that seemed to abide near the region of thought as it was he reciprocated the good wishes of the other whom he shook most cordially by the hand and once more renewed his offers of service after exchanging sundry friendly speeches i thank you quite as much as if i were not at all indebted to you for letting blood thereby saving me a fit of apoplexy but drill has already dispatched a messenger to b for a leech and the lad may bring the whole depot down upon you adieu once more and remember that if you ever visit england again as a friend you are to let me see you i shall do it without fail and i shall keep you to your promise if you once more put foot in america trust me for that i shall stand in need of your excellent head to guide me safely among those rude foresters adieu cease not to bear me in your thoughts i shall never cease to remember you my good friend returned manuel again scratching the member which was snapping in a manner that caused him to fancy he heard it once more these worthies shook each other by the hand and again they renewed their promises of future intercourse after which they separated like two reluctant lovers parting in a manner that would have put to shame the friendship of orestes and pylades End of chapter thirty one